welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I am Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I am in constant awe of how weird the world is. Uh, that's a little topical because we are talking about Utena, but specifically tonight we're talking about the revolutionary girl Utena movie manga, which was not a thing that I knew existed until starting this podcast. And it is fascinating. I read it this morning. I'm very excited to talk about it. Here to help us talk about it is our friend, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hello. I'm so glad to be back. You guys will probably remember Amanda from her friends episode that she did with us. And she asked us if she could come back for the movie manga. And I said, of course. So here we are. Yes, I'm very excited because uh, if like I'm sure you guys remember from when I was on the show before, but you're basically the reason I went and read the Utena manga to begin with. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, so I can report that I did get the two the nice hardcover box set. And oh, it's so good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> I meant just the quality of the uh, the manga oh, itself. Oh, yes, the yes. box set. Yeah, it was beautiful for sure. It's gorgeous. What yeah, did- it, it's a really great box set. Yeah. What did you think of the manga? So it was both good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> like it was way better than I was expecting it to be. That's def- that's the reaction I had too. And also very weird. It is. And what I like about the weirdness is that you can see a lot of that come through in the movie manga, which I believe in the last episode that came out before we recorded this, but not the one for you listeners, the part two of the Utena Origins episodes we did, I think either Gio or Yasha said that this manga was published in a different magazine that uh, was more of a Jose magazine rather than a shoujo magazine. And I think that kind of accounts for uh, Saito getting to do a little more with the weirdness that she was trying to get across in the manga. Yeah, uh, it probably explains just how incredibly horny this is. It is so is. horny. You just uh, so horny. I can't even. All the time. I can't even get into it. Well, I guess we're going to get into it, but I was very stunned at that in particular. We sure are because oh my god, yes, it is so horny. <laughs> we're not going to ask you about your history with Revolutionary Girl Utna because. You've already talked about that in a previous episode. At it, listeners, it, yes, at length. <laughs> listeners, if you missed that, you should go back and listen to it because it was a really good episode. But I don't remember who your favorite character is. So when I was on the show last, I had just finished rewatching the anime for like the fourth or fifth time. Mm-hmm. And I came away, like I explained last time, like every time I watch it, like my opinions of all the characters change every, every single time. Yeah. But, so, and last time I came away with it feeling like Kozue was my favorite character. I remember you saying that now. Yes, yes. I think I still like her very much. But, you know, going back to like more long term, who do I like the most? It's probably still Utena. Although I do have a soft spot for Toga, which is great because Toga was a completely different character in the manga. Oh boy, he <laughs> sure oh boy, is. Yeah. <laughs> 
I kind of <laughs> wish that we had done this before we did the Toga episode almost <laughs> because he is a shockingly large uh, a lot of this manga is dedicated to uh, the relationship between Utsuna and Toga, which I mean, you know, it's it's pretty significant in the movie, but like I feel like it's even more so here for sure. But yes, I can go through my notes here and give us a summary of what happened in the manga in case anyone has not read it and is listening to this episode for some reason. <laughs> Grim fascination. We start off with uh, all the characters are calling Utena a boy, which I have in my notes. It's very Sailor Uranus. By the way, she, you know what she looks like? She looks like a JoJo character. Yes, she the does. The very first frame, it looks like something that a Rocky scribbled into a notebook. Yes, right. I completely agree with that because her outfit is so strange. That's why. It, it's funny that you say <laughs> that because I watched some JoJo this past weekend and I've had a uh, roundabout stuck in my head all day oh great you're gonna love it you started watching it uh actually i had watched some of it previously and i decided to pick it back up because it's on hulu now which makes it easy for me to watch it oh yes and hulu has the dub too which means that makes it even easier for me to watch yeah you just put it on in the background yeah definitely um i have in my notes here that i'm going to arrest saito for making me look at naked toga because this is a crime against me specifically that i have to see so much naked toga in this goddamn manga uh i have the opposite reaction here oh are, are you a fan i like you know how uh geo and yasha love akio yeah that's me and toga that's me and toga geo loves akio and yeah. uh yasha loves toga okay yeah yasha then <laughs> But yeah, um, I like Toga more in this, but I I just, look, when I open an Utena manga, I don't want, like, the second thing I see to be naked Toga. Oh, no, that's what I want for, out of <laughs> Ut- any Utena content. I mean, if nothing else, you have to at least admit that he looks like, he literally looks like he was sculpted out of marble. Yes. Oh, Saito's art is so gorgeous. Just lovingly rewritten. His body is like freakishly smooth. (laughs) The art in this, I like so much more than the manga. I don't know what the time difference was between when uh, the original manga came out and then when this was published, but I imagine she got better at drawing Toga over over the course of doing the original manga. I'm going to go on a limb and say that I feel like she probably had way more time to actually draw. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Either she had more time or she had more assistance helping her because people who draw manga do have assistance. It's not just mm-hmm. one person drawing it. Or she had the benefit of like all the movie storyboards. So she had to do like a lot less planning. Yeah. Because let me tell you, as somebody who has drawn comics in the past, the planning stage of drawing comics is way more time-consuming than people realize. (laughs) Toga looks out the window and he sees people fawning over Utena. One of the things about this scene that I didn't mention, which I should have written down, was that uh, there is the implication that this that the girl that is with Toga in this scene is Utena because she has Utena's hair, but then that changes when you see that Toga looks out the window and sees her. Yes. Um, That becomes kind of complicated later. I'll bring that up again, but um, 
I, I was a little confused by that once we get to a later part. But um, Precious Angel Wakaba gives Utsuna a tour of the school and explains the school and the student council. Lots of mention of princesses or uh, princes. And there's a very good drawing of Jury that I love as part mm. of her introduction. Her that hair is, is yeah, so like literally gorgeous. the second time you have Jury in a panel, it's it just it is very suggestively drawn. <laughs> when uh, Utana sees Toga, she just vanishes into thin air, and Wakaba's like, "What the fuck?" Um, Utana and Toga have a confrontation where uh, we learn that Toga left Utana. And she became her own prince. She sees his ring and thinks that he's engaged. And he kind of ignores that and just tells her that the ring led him to Otori. Uh, he leaves and Utana gets the ring out of the rose. It's the same thing that happens in the movie. Uh, she sees the petals falling from the sky and sees the dueling platform with all the roses on it. She goes up there to marvel at the roses, which is where we meet Anthe. Uh, I love movie Anthe, and I love movie Anthe in this manga as well, Agreed. because she's adorable. She is, it is an interesting take on basically the same character in a lot of ways. I just, if like. you know what I mean by that? Yeah, definitely. It really, I feel like it really strengthens the case for our theory that, uh, the movie is just one of like all of the different versions of the series are different time loops. And yeah. uh, this is the one where Anthe's in control. She seems a lot more carefree and like. It's simultaneously. She is both the most otherworldly that she is in any iteration of the story. And also the, the most vivacious and normal impish is the word that comes to mind when i think of yeah, like the like, way that anthe's behaving in this scene yeah she's still being she's still putting on a performance but she's doing a different performance than she does in the anime i'll just tell you she's just bursting with life yeah yeah i love it she's so and cute. at the same time she's also like the most otherworldly she ever is yes because we literally meet her in a garden in the sky i mean come on y'all. with with like nothing underneath it also yeah it's uh it's what, quite a, a sight really yeah from what i recall the dueling arena in the anime is not so like illogically constructed as it is in the movie it is in the movie but uh not in the series proper yeah yeah like this is like it's interesting that that this manga basically uses the same architecture and aesthetics and everything from the movie which is awesome because the movie has a great visual style oh you know yeah the movie yeah. is freaking gorgeous yeah amazing and that definitely comes across here yes i just think it's really funny who owns the uh underground mineral rights to the dueling arena when there's we nothing just don't underneath know it? <laughs> now it's just i feel like sky. i feel like a tory a tory works <laughs> off the old rules which is everything up to heaven and everything down to hell yeah yeah well i guess okay that would actually that phrasing is strangely fitting for Utena. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> but hell's above ground. Oh. They're in a Tori, get it? Oh. Anyway. I thought it was purgatory. I don't get it. Yeah, I guess it is a little more like purgatory than it is straight up hell. Yeah. It's uh. the island from Lost. We we've established this. They're in the same cinematic universe. <laughs> 
Um, Anthony has a really good line here, and it's sort of, uh, it's really indicative of the way that Saito has to kind of tell more than she can show uh, in comparison to, like, the way that the movie does. And Anthe says that she keeps the Rose Garden, but the Rose Garden may keep me. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's it's pretty straightforward, but, like, she's just, she's being very playful, and it's just sort of like, I bet she thought she was really funny when she came up with that one. <laughs> Yeah, she's being kind of flippant about it. Uh, Anthe jumps into Usna's arms, and Seonji shows up. He challenges Usna to a duel. He tries to fight her, even though she has no weapon, because he's a little bitch. Toga, <laughs> Juri, and Mickey watch from afar. Toga's got, like, his little opera glasses. Uh, Seonji slaps Anthe, because my suffering will never end. He calls her a thing that can't have feelings. There's the reveal that Utena is a girl, and Utena and Anthe smooch, and Utena pulls a sword out of Anthe. Uh, Toga has this line that I summed up as, it is as the prophecy foretold, <laughs> because he's being very ominous uh, about, like, apparently this was, like, predestined or whatever, end of the world bullshit. Uh, Seonji loses. Utena and Anthe are now in their bedroom. Anthe tries to seduce Utena. And Alice and I talked about this scene earlier. This scene is very complicated for me because I am equally horrified at the fact that this is an indicator of what Anthe feels like she has to do with with the engaged in order to please them. But also it's very hot. You know, I've always, in this and in the movie, so, you know, I saw the movie when I was a little kid, like 14 maybe, and I always found this scene to be kind of disturbing. It is disturbing, but it's really hard for me not to be like, No, I get it. Girls hot. Yeah, I get it. I get it. (laughs) But but looking at the artwork, it's like, ugh, Anthe. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, For the record... For our listeners out there, if you'd like to cancel Panda, I'm also I'm here to take over. <laughs> cancel me all you your, want. Vote now on your phones to cancel forever. Listen, <laughs> let I'll put Pete, up a I'll put up a poll. Listen, if you're living in a glass house, you should not throw any rocks. Okay. I know. <laughs> oh, by the way, I wanted to mention this earlier, but it's always it's interesting to me how like. In this iteration of Utena, Utena doesn't like. Okay, so in the show, she's very adamant from literally the first five minutes that she is a girl, and like declares that at least like five times in the first episode. But this one, she just like everyone called the first word is he, and she just like lets him do it because she's like uh, d- either doesn't care or doesn't know. And then like when Seoji has the big reveal, like wait a minute, and she's like. I didn't. I never said I was. I wasn't a girl. I imagine yeah. that uh, what probably is more likely the case is Japanese has a gender neutral singular pronoun. I mean, we do too. It's mm. they, but like, it's a little more. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but it, is, it Japanese is a little bit less gendered from yeah. sentence to sentence than Western. So you think the are. you think. You think that opening part is a little more 
is more neutral. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen the original Japanese and I wouldn't be able to read it anyway, but like, I would imagine that it's a little more feasible that maybe they're using a gender neutral pronoun for Utena, but like the assumption is that they are like, that they're not immediately identifying her as a girl and therefore think that she's a boy. I think that everyone thinks yeah. she's yeah. a boy, but the way that Utena might have like, gotten away with not saying anything about it or maybe the reason that she didn't say anything about it might be that they were using more like gender neutral language to talk to her or about yeah her. and and there is um there are some like in japanese there are certain uh like speech patterns or personal pronouns that come up in speech that mm-hmm. are generally associated with one gender or the other but like a woman can get by with using the same uh, type of gendered speech patterns as like a little boy would use. Okay. So, yeah, and and she uses she, that's how she speaks in the anime too. Like she uses boku to refer to herself, which yeah. is something that young men would use. But you can also get away with it as like a woman too. Like you could say that. So it, it's probably one of those things where. She was using something that's using. She was speaking in a way that was generally associated with boys, but is also socially acceptable, but less common to use for women. And then she yeah. looks more boyish. So does that make I sense? Ima- yeah, and yeah. I imagine that the use of he in the mm-hmm. uh, English translation is just the closest they could get to yeah. bringing over the gender ambiguity of what right. was going on. Right, because we do use gendered. Uh, third-person pronouns. That's they're yes. way less common to use a gendered third-person marker in Japanese. It's way less common to do that. I think we talked a little bit about personal pronouns in an episode with Gio and Yasha because we talked about someone using ore, but I yeah, ore really is very masculine. Was. It was, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Tsuabuki uses ore. I think doesn't he? Oh, really? Does he, or am I remembering that wrong? I well, I mean, I wouldn't know because I'm a heathen anime fan who watched the dub. But uh, <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I could someone be wrong used Ore. That. That's remember. all I yeah. know. Yeah. Utena has slut shamey thoughts about Anthe and Toga, and just sort of Anthe uh, having sex with the engaged in general. She gets upset and kicks Anthe out. There's the pool cleaning scene. I'm glad that this scene was in the manga because I really like it in the anime, but uh, yeah. or in the the movie, I think the movie does it better because like it's just sort of like you see this giant pool with everyone cleaning it, and it's like a really weird scene, but I like it a lot. Um, it's Ichina- one of those. It's one of those very copyright trademark restricted Ikuhara kind of visual. Like oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's very theater of the absurd, whereas yeah. in the manga, it's a little more grounded in reality. It yeah. more looks like an actual pool. I think Ikuhara's style of surrealism is much more difficult to accomplish in like a non-moving medium like a manga. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll probably bring that up again when we talk about the ending, which is very different from the movie ending. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Utena talks to Toga about Anthe. There's more slut shaming. Toga and Anthe kind of banter a little, and it's kind of cute. Like, 
um, I don't know. I like that they kind of have this weird friendship. I mean, they have it in the series, too, but the movie makes it, uh, and the movie manga makes it a little more, like, front and center. Yeah. Um, Utsuna runs off because she's big sad. Utsuna dreams about Toga saving her from drowning. She wakes up and sees Anthe going somewhere. She follows Anthe to the dueling platform. Anthe's standing on the edge of the platform, and it reminded me a lot of the scene where she's, like, standing on the edge of the tower, yeah. and Utsuna saves her from committing suicide. Yeah. That's, I, that is what I think is happening here, is that she's, like, thinking about jumping, but, uh... Or at least that's what I thought when I was reading it. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Do uh, either of you have thoughts on that? I'm pretty sure this is intended as a callback to that scene. Mm-hmm. Although. Yeah, I'm coming. Yeah, the tone feels a little bit different because that scene in the anime is like so sad. And like the the misery and the despair is just like so thick and intense. And here, if you look at Anthe's face in this scene, she looks more, I guess, conflicted about it. Yeah, and also, like, there's not really any mention that that's what she wants to do or that's what she's thinking about doing. They kind of, like, breeze past it. I mean, because it has that panel where you can see that she's taking her shoes off. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's pretty clearly, like, thinking about killing myself. Like, that's what that means, you know? Oh, is is that what that means? <laughs> yeah, like, isn't that a thing, like a cliche? Like, if you're going to jump off of something and kill yourself, you take your shoes off? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I guess maybe that's just that something is, that I've is, never noticed. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of a cliche. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I trust that you guys know that and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Utsuna confronts Anthe about making Toga leave her because she thinks that it's Anthe's fault that toga changed and wasn't in her life anymore we get uh utana's tragic backstory about her parents dying and toga being there for her anthe licks utana's tears away oh no and i hate it (laughs) (coughs) which again let me reiterate you can't just like be constantly um kink shaming saito i will I will slut shame Saito. Or, I'm saying slut shame too. I will kink shame Saito. I you don't know, like this. I just really don't like the idea of someone's tongue near somebody else's eyeball. That's Some people what I are into like. that. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I learned recently is that oh, that is a fetish. No. <laughs> um, Whatever you just said, I'm actually not going to remember it. I refuse. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, like this licking away the tears thing only happens in the manga. Is like, do does anyone know if this is like a, a thing, thing in Japan? Like, is this like, a thing in Japan? Like, is this from a famous movie in Japan? Or like, I've maybe asked it's just people. Saito's weird thing. <laughs> I've asked people, and no one seems to be able to tell me why this is happening and why it only happens in the manga. <laughs> And I hate it. Um, they, uh, Anthe and Utena look at the stars while the garden floods. And they have this really cute moment that made me really emotional where Utena says, Oh, Hamemia, there are so many stars. I can see them in your eyes. And Anthe tells Utena that she sees them in her eyes, too. And Aww. Toga's watching them from afar. 
Uh, no dance scene like in the movie, but I don't think that that would have had the emotional punch that it does in the movie either. So I think yeah. it was fine to leave that out. The scene uh, sort of gets across that beautiful intimacy in a way that uh, is more suited to manga. Yeah. Uh, Utena and Anthe pair up oh, for the drawing assignment the next this, day. This scene... Yeah, this yeah. one is pretty, it's pretty much just the same, for most of it is just the same as the scene in, it's like its counterpart scene in the movie, except that uh, Utena does not get naked, only Anthe does. Um, I have my notes say, Utena just wants to be friend, but they're friends, but Anthe gets naked. <laughs> she, uh, Utena apologizes for getting mad at Anthe. Uh, last night for because when Anthe tried to seduce her um I have written down Anthe draws mob psycho because her little drawing <laughs> the little cross Wait. uh the little oh gosh the right. lines on Utena's face make it kind of look like she mob. like Anthe gave her a bowl cut and when I think <laughs> when I see a bowl cut I just assume it's mob psycho I've never seen mob psycho I know you're a big fan oh you've gotta watch it I know. Mr. Mob. Alice, have you seen Mob Psycho? I have seen clips from Mob Psycho. Oh my god! Why have you guys not seen it yet? Please watch it. Because I'm too busy rewatching Sailor Moon all the time. Okay, here's my pitch. Here's my Mob Psycho pitch. Are you all right, convince me. Okay. We're, we are trapped in an elevator. You have all right. four senses. Mob Psycho is a magical girl anime, but all of the characters are men, and... The writer tricked a bunch of boys and men into watching a magical girl anime about how being nice to people and having friends is the most important thing in the world. Damn it. I'm sold. I'm you sold. knew you knew just how to pitch that to me. I feel very I'm, seen. And you know, that is not even inaccurate. Everything I said was a hundred percent true. If you get to the end of season one and you don't like it, I will be shocked. Okay, maybe I'll watch Mob Psycho. <laughs> yes, you have got to watch it. It's so good. Anthe tells Utna, I don't believe in words. It's what we do that never lies. Anthe goes to kiss Utna, but then Jury and Mickey interrupt. Jury challenges Utna to a duel. Jury's hair is gorgeous yet again. Mickey um, looks like Mickey is both prettier than in any of other versions. It also looks like a character from the original Gundam. <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah, I can yeah, see that does. Yeah, I keep expecting him to say something about like Zeon <laughs> um there's uh, Anthe said something about those who idolize the prince will never find love again and that quote kind of comes up a few times throughout the manga Toga interrupts the interrupting that they were already doing. <laughs> Anthe decides to be all over Toga to make Utena mad, I guess. I kind of I kind of get what she's doing in the scene and I also kind of am confused. It's almost like she's like challenging Utena on the slut shaming. Like, hey listen, I'm slutty. That's how I am. <laughs> No, that's almost I, literally I, what she's saying. Yeah, she, are you sure you want to be friends with me, Utena? Yeah. Look at me. I, I guess I, Look at how I guess slutty I, I am. I guess I didn't read it in those terms. I was reading it more as a challenge of, you know, you've talked a lot about how you want to be friends. 
but you barely know me. Yeah. And you, it's sort of like, you know, if you really, if you really want to, then here, I'm going to make it hard for you and see if you actually want to. Yeah. I think that she's doing a little bit of both, actually. I hadn't thought of that, but like, I think that you're right. I think we're all right. I think that, like, Anthony's doing a lot of things in this one moment. And I think maybe, like, Alice, yours kind of helps fill me in on what was kind of confusing me about it. Like, I feel like it kind of completes the picture in a way that helps me understand what she's doing more. Yeah, because she- Also, for the record, if, you know how, like, Death of the Author is, when the movie's concerned, do we, are we supposed to say Death of the Toga instead? <laughs> that's good i have a lot to say when we get to that so hold on but no because she says in this scene anthony's like Utina's thinking back on her words like if you only knew the real me you'd never bother with such sweet talk you know so anthony is like i feel like anthony's being like here here i am i am that slutty <laughs> and um, do you still like me okay here's your challenge you know and utana (laughs) kind of reflects on the thing that anthe said like two minutes ago where uh she she said that she doesn't believe in words it's what we do that never lies and she's like thinking about how nice anthe was to her last night and so she's like clearly you are actually nice and you are just being mean to me for bullshit reasons yeah. Uh, Utsuna challenges Toga to a duel, completely ignoring Jury's challenge. And I, <laughs> Toga's response to being challenged for the duel is, yeah, dot, 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 <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> Which, like, I actually, when I read that, I, like, laughed out loud because it's so, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, the, like, he's almost like, uh, I guess. I guess so. Uh, Utna is dueling to say goodbye to her old self because Anthony's like, I thought you didn't want to duel. And Utna's okay, like, so, no, so it's time to duel. We, do, should, do, point, do, 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 we duel. should point out that this is where it starts to really diverge from the movie. Yes. Yep. Yes, it does. Because this duel does not happen in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in the movie, Utna duels. Uh, doesn't she? No, she I was does thinking duel the jury. She duels yeah. jury. Uh, well, I was what I was about to say was I thought that she dueled Jury and Mickey at the same time, but that's what happens in the musical, not in the movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, have you seen the Bud of the White Rose musical? Yes, I have, and it was so awesome. It really is. It's so I watched awesome. it. I watched it during one of the Empty Movement uh, streams that they did. Very good way oh, to watch it. it so much fun. It was so good. Uh, any If any of the listeners have not watched it yet, I believe they have made all of the musical and, like, the subtitles and all of the stuff that you need to watch the musical available to download uh, for, through, like, Google Drive. So you should definitely look into that because it is fucking dope. It's great. Um... Toga and Utsu in a duel. Jury's salty. T- Sayonji is also salty. Like Jury's like, uh, I thought I was supposed to be the one to duel Utsuna. And Sayonji's like, I would have totally won that one, but Anthe got in the way. <laughs> uh, Toga asks Utsuna if it's okay for him to cut off her rose, which was kind of a weird action to me. 
did anyone else think that was a little weird that he's like about to win and he's like is it okay though yeah yeah i'm i'm not entirely sure how to take that me either I mean, there are a couple ways. I mean, one of the, the the one of the more obvious ways, which I'm not entirely sure about, is that this is a very different toga. Well, yeah. This is this toga is like, do you really like? It's less of a chat. It's less of a directly like, do you want me to actually do this? And more of a kind of how do I put this? Um, you this is not the duel you were supposed to fight. It's not the duel that you really need to fight. Do you really want to go all the way through actually doing this? Because it's not necessarily good for you. I like that interpretation much more than what I was about to say. What were you going to say? I had a... Now I'm thinking about it. I don't think this is what's supposed to be happening. But I can't help but... Considering what happens later, I can't help, help but feel like this is maybe a metaphor for, like, loss of virginity. I also oh, thought... absolutely is. I also okay. had the thought that it was... Uh, metaphorical asking for consent. So, yeah, I don't know that you're. I don't know that you were on on the wrong track. I think it's again. I think that this is it's both where like there where Saito is sort of employing what is very clearly like metaphorical asking for consent. Yeah, losing virginity. Uh, and but it also is like within the story like this is not the duel that Utena is supposed to be fighting and like he's and pointing the... oh sorry go ahead oh go ahead you first he's pointing a long sharp object at a flower I... yeah <laughs> a sword sexual. as a <laughs> as phallic imagery in yeah. revolutionary girl Utena <laughs> flowers it's more likely than you'd think flowers sexual no it's not like Georgia <laughs> oh. O'Keefe Based her uh, I'm entire sorry, art career around sexual Yuri pictures Kuma of flowers. Had horrible Yuri Kuma flashbacks <laughs> when you said that. Oh well, oh. we'll get there. Yeah. Oh god. Okay, but one time yeah, Alice I, I, told me while we in anticipation for Yuri Kuma that it is too gay, and <laughs> I'm still on the fence that that's possible. But the way that she talks about it has me living in mortal fear for what we are going to watch. Mm, you know, I've never seen it. Oh if boy! You wa- yeah. If you watch watch several episodes in a row, and you will stumble out of the room like with the with the word Yonic like burned into your eyes, <laughs> you will you will never be happy again. Gio um, and Yasha no. are going to be our co hosts while oh, we go through man. Yuri Kuma. Gonna I'm going to have, have to watch it when you guys watch it. They have not seen I'm, Yuri I'm Kuma. They I'm tried going to, to watch. Gio and Yasha tried to watch Yuri Kuma once and didn't like it, but now they are joining us on that wild ride. <laughs> yes. Well, I was actually gonna. I was actually gonna say that in a lot of ways, our two different interpretations of this are kind of the same interpretation in the sense that, like, we're we're getting to this in a bit where, like, there's a sense in which her what she does with 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 toga is not what she was not i don't want to say supposed to in a sort of fake way but more in a like was this really what you wanted or is this just what you think you want because you want something sort of beneath it and it's wearing the gods yeah and it works for both of those not just in this duel but also in her whole like carnal relationship with toga is now sort of viewed as a this isn't the worst thing you could do but like is this what you actually want to happen? Right. Is this what you wanted? 
out of this in this moment is this how you want this moment to go yeah um anthony saves utsuna at the last second and they kiss again utsuna sees the castle in the sky spirit of dios comes down from the castle and utsuna wins because dios powers toga disappears leaving behind just his uniform i guess and anthony tells utsuna that toga's been dead the whole time okay i have to i have to stop here that's that's our end of part one yes this is all right so more on my interest with toga (laughs) (laughs) um the reason i like toga is movie toga i do like movie and manga toga way better than series so i loved manga toga when i read the manga um because i am i i do like toga a lot and the anime takes a much more critical look at him but the movie injects this idea of like him potentially being sexually abused as a kid and then like how he's he's kind of like the other side of the coin of Anthe. Yeah. 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 So um, I find that version of Toga a little bit more interesting. And I wish that they had gotten into some of that in the anime. Um I mean if you if you after you see the movie go back, you can kind of see where yeah. like, they're both readable as the aftermath of this event. But Toga in, in the movie, I feel like, because I, I agree with you. Like, I kind of, I like, I like him more. He's more interesting to me for more of the time he's on the screen. I feel like, to an extent, he is a, in the movie, a, somewhat of an idealization of what what people in the situation that Toga and and Anthony are are in, what they would want to be. Yeah, which is kind of like what why Toga tries to stop her in the anime at the end is that utsuna for him is what he would want to be right like there's this moment in the duel in the manga where like utsuna has this sort of emotional like you know i still love you after all this time and his reaction is not happy about it right he looks somewhere between dismayed and angry well and we'll find out why later yeah but but i will say that um just to continue my my toga details. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I have if you guys follow me on Twitter, I talk about this on a semi frequent basis. But uh one of the most formative pieces of media for me when I was a kid was the nineteen ninety six Casper movie starring Christina Ricci and Bill Pullman. Interesting. Where Christina Ricci dates a ghost. Yes. <laughs> I remember being like first, second, third grade and fucking loving that movie. I don't want to say it was my sexual awakening because I was too young, but there was something about that romantic situation between like a young woman and a ghost boy, like a sad ghost boy, that just still works for me to this day as so an adult. You're so you're coming out on this podcast as a ghost fucker? Yes. That is actually what's happening. You heard anyway, it here, folks. I love Ghost Toga. I love Ghost Toga in the movie, and I love Ghost Toga in the manga version of the movie. That is a big part of why I like it so much. Anyway, I just, <laughs> I had to confess that as we continue further into this manga. <laughs> uh, as we start the beginning of part two, there's sort of the like cliffhanger moment repeated again where Anthony's like, Toga's been dead the whole time. And uh, Usa's like, what? 
And yeah. Anthe says that if she wants to see Toga again, uh, she has to follow her. And as Utena's walking away, everyone sees the image of Dios overlaid onto Utena. Anthe takes Utena to the pool where Toga is standing, and Utena's like, what the fuck? And uh, Toga tells her, I knew that you would win, that only you could open up Himemia's heart and bring the power of Dios from the castle. Utena's still like, what the fuck? And she says, you and Himemia, you're the only ones who know everything. Which uh, goes back to, we were talking about, like, the similarities between Toga and Anthe. And uh, Yasha wrote a really good essay about this called The yeah. Body is a Bargaining Chip. That yeah, I've I read that. pretty much anytime that Toga comes up, because it's so good. Yep. Uh, Toga says that he'll explain. His jacket is wet. Utna then remembers that Toga left because he saved her from drowning, but died in the process. She apparently suppressed that memory. Utsuna can touch the Toga ghost. He can make himself feel warm. This is very weird for me. <laughs> Listen, that's his that's his unfinished business or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess uh I guess the whole thing about Otori is unfinished business huh yeah and this is an interesting parallel to like the early part of the utana manga where when utana meets dios he saves her from drowning yeah so it's like basically the same thing as the beginning of the the uh the manga so yeah and there's uh there's the implication in the movie that Toga saved Utena from drowning. And even in the series, there's a scene, uh, like, right before the end. It's when uh, Juri and Miki and Naname are, like, playing badminton. And yes. uh, Juri brings up the, like, remembering a story of, like, a boy saving a drowning girl when she was younger. And then Naname's like, why did you tell us that? Yeah. Like this really depressing story. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like like that's what real heroism is, and it's not always a happy ending. Like you put yourself at risk when you try to help other people. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, no, that's I do. The, that's the non fairy tale version of of being somebody's savior. Is that sometimes you might save them but doesn't actually work out in the way you intended. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's a running theme in Utena that sometimes doing the right thing has bad consequences. Yeah. Um, Utena and Toka fuck. <laughs> this is a thing that well, happens. I thought you just, you and... just jumped into that. You're like, you didn't even hesitate. No. Um, I mean, I had a, I had a lot of today to think about this. Um, uh, I'm into it, but you, y'all already know why. <laughs> Um, this is basically a scene I've been interested in seeing since I was like 14 and saw the movie for the first time. I guess I was kind of shocked at, cause, okay, I'm going to refer to this scene as being explicit, but I don't. Yeah, mean, it kind of is. It really is. I don't. It's very I, like, suggestive. It's not sexually explicit, but it is explicitly sexual. Yeah, there are like, no genitals. There's no you don't, visible genitals. You don't see but, like, genitals. You don't see titties. It's like, not ambiguous what they're doing. But yeah, there I mean, there is. You see them, just not all. Of them. Yeah. Well, okay. They're yeah. There, they are visible to the human eye. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, yeah, like the the manga does not shy away from the implication that yes this is a sex act that they are doing right now and i have my notes say this is homophobia i'm arresting saito for crimes against me personally (laughs) um utana like has this whole spiel about like please don't ever leave me again i love you we can be here together forever uh Outside, water falling from the dueling platform to the courtyard uncovers a dead body. Togo reveals his tragic backstory about his dad making him grow his hair out and selling him into sex slavery, which gives me the big sad. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We have a repeat of the scene from the very beginning where uh, Toga is in bed telling the story of the prince, but this time he is telling it to Utena. And I'm just, like, I mean, this is obviously just, like, deliberately calling back to the first scene, but, like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of weird. I don't really understand why it happens twice other than, like, just a callback to the beginning. Maybe to 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 show that the possible fake out was not a fake out and it actually was Utena he was talking about I did have to? I did have a moment where because uh, I had been messaging Alice and I's group chat with Gio and Yasha while I was reading the manga and uh, I at first said that I was going to arrest Saito for making me look at post-coital Utena and Toga <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the manga and then I said wait never mind it's just it, like he's looking at Utena out the window and it's just a girl with Utena's hair oh, no. and then I had to loop back around to oh no it is Utena maybe <laughs> time travel I don't know <laughs> I don't know if it was time travel so much as just maybe like a narrative. I don't know what you would even call it. Yeah, like, like showing you a scene later travel. in the yeah, showing you a scene later in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess it could have been like a weird flash forward, but he's also looking out the window at Utena, which is why I said like time. Yeah, I'm not travel. thinking that. For once in my life, I'm not going to say it's time shenanigans. Gasp. I think what's really going on here is it's just sort of like, I mean, not not to not to poke the metaphor too much, but Toga is, is brought back in this lim- the liminal space that is Atori yeah. for a specific purpose, and until that purpose is time, like until it's time for it to happen, he's just sort of bumming around. So you know he plays his part uh, not the same way that he would have had he had the life that other togas did but he's doing the toga routine you know holding pattern instead of couch surfing he's girl surfing so this yeah, is this is like so he seems a little nicer about it this is like woke toga who knows that he's just a chess piece just like how <laughs> this anthe is like woke anthe who knows that she's like well I guess I gotta be slutty because my life sucks. <laughs> I, I do actually have to. I do actually have to like go against you on this one. Okay. But yeah. I actually kind of like the toga is nothing here. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because a lot of the toga 
Anthe here, the Toga Utena thing here, um, there, I feel like to some extent this is kind of doing the same split that some people have with the end of Eva movie and the end of the, of the show, which is where like one of them is the more literal what's happening and one of them is the more metaphoric what's happening. Uh-huh. And I feel like this manga is the more literal what's happening, maybe, in the sense that, I mean, sorry, it's the more literal that's what's happening but with most of it. But that part I see less as like that actually happening and more of like Utina has to get over the fact that someone literally died for her and someone she loved and I don't know I'm I'm rambling but like I, I I can like it as a sort of her getting over that by being able to sort of envision what life would have been like in a world where Toga didn't die yeah Honestly, yeah. I probably wouldn't mind that much, but like it is hard to separate Show Toga from this, even though they are very different characters. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. Kane outside. Kane is in the courtyard, and she identifies Akio's body and accuses Anthe of killing him. Utena goes to look for Anthe in the. Uh, I wrote down chairman's penis and then I strike it, put a strike through on the word penis and then wrote tower uh, because it is a penis. Yeah. She sees the painting of naked Anthe, uh, tragic backstory time. Akio was date raping Anthe edition. Uh, we see like the flashback memory uh, to Toga or not Toga to Akio uh, putting drugs in Anthe's beverage and then like using that to yeah to to do it um then Akio another, another uh, extremely uncomfortable scene from the movie yeah it, it actually gets more uncomfortable here yeah there's a, because there's a few panels it's a little more like there's yeah. the scene the scene has more to it yeah there's also a few panels of uh, very uncomfortable touching going on yeah. that I know for sure are not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the scene is pretty brief in the movie. Yeah. Um, the, he realizes that Anthony's been awake the whole time and she says it's okay, but he freaks out. And this is this is my favorite Akio moment from the movie and the movie manga is when he's like, I'm not that kind of person, but you are that kind of person. Yeah. You were you were just doing it. Yeah. Like, like, like immediately you just start backpedaling into denial. Like, are you trying <laughs> yeah. to convince her? Are you yeah. trying to convince me, the reader? Neither yeah. of those is working. Yeah. He's trying to convince himself, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think he's really trying to convince himself. I don't really... I guess, like, I do know why he freaks out, but at the same time, it's just sort of like, dude, like, really? It's like he's panicking. It, he's basically he is panicking. panicking. Yeah. So it's like uh, he's just the starting... experience of being known. Yeah. He's just starting... He just starts talking. Like you've got to, you've got to think that he's rehearsed this conversation in his head. This is definitely you know? not how he envisioned yeah. Anthony finding out going. Yeah. yeah, this has completely thrown him off. Yeah, 
it's always so weird to see short hair Akio. Like, I'm never prepared for it. I do really like that um, extremely ruffly shirt that he wears in the movie, though. Yeah, I like I like the ruffly shirt. And I actually think that he just looks better with the short hair because yeah. I hate his stupid ponytail mullet. His weird uh, Sailor Moon Starlight's ponytail. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. We don't have hey. to talk about my wife right now. <laughs> um, he stabs Anthe with this. Looks like I, at first I thought it was like a a cake serving thing because I'm an idiot, but I it's realized it's a paint knife. Yeah, it's a because palette he was, knife. He was painting. Yeah, uh, he freaks out and jumps out the window. Uh, I don't. Do, do either of you remember if we see how Akio dies in the movie? Because I don't yes. think that we. I don't remember okay. if we do. He he's in the movie. He's like looking for the car key. He's like, "Where's the key? Where's the key?" Do you remember that? Yeah, he's like yeah, starting, yeah. He's starting to do like a Tommy Wiseau like room fuck up. Like he's starting to throw all the shit on his uh his tables onto the ground, and he's yeah. like getting all pissed. And then he, he like, stumbles over to the balcony and just, like, accidentally falls over. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. okay. And I, it's I almost do comical. It's almost comical how the movie does it. Because he's just like, whoop. And he just, like, falls over the, the balcony very it's, suddenly. It's like, kind of comical how it happens in weird. both versions. Yeah. <laughs> it's very surreal. Um, Which, I mean, like... I don't know. Suicide's not funny, but no, Akio committing suicide is funny. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not going to apologize for that one. Um, Anthe shows Utsuna her boob scar. She reveal There's the reveal that Anthe has been orchestrating the games the whole time. Anthe, uh, Akio says that Anthe killed him, which, I mean, we just saw that. You, like... We just saw you, that she did. You killed you. Yeah. Um, she objectively did not. I mean, not. she's also. I mean, he's a construct of Anthe's mind, right? So Anthe in the, yeah. in the movie manga, Anthe blames herself yeah, for that's his true. death, and she reconstructs him. And of course, he says that right. because she thinks that. Right. I did not make the connection that this is probably Anthe's projection of what she thinks is has happened. I just kind of assumed that he was trying Wait. to lie to Utena. Wait, or you mean like you, you think that you thought that until like you thought that after you finished? No, like at the time like when I was, oh, okay. I it, like I guess it didn't occur to me that like I like I knew that, okay, I knew that he was like a projection but I didn't really make the connection that the reason that he says that Anthe killed him is because like Anthe believes that. I was just sort of like, oh, well, Akio is a liar. He lied. Yeah. I didn't really well, I mean, think it's, beyond it's that. Yeah. I didn't have my yeah, critical I mean, thinking hat on. Well, it, it also helps that, like, Toga basically all but, like, spells the entire thing out a couple That's weeks true. Later. Yeah, when he straight up, he's just straight up, like, makes the ham fisted, straight up, I'm going to tell you because you're an idiot <laughs> parallel of. You have to let me go, just like she has to let. Oh, we're not there yet. I know, but like, (laughs) I'd say, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The, it, like, 
we're in the reveal where it's Anthony did the games the whole time and rings were sent out to get a prince to be in the center of the castle because the castle is missing the prince that it needs to have at the center or it's all going to fall apart. And I have written down, newsflash, asshole, Utena was the prince the whole time. Uh, oh which is my a, god. It's always sunny I never reference. Heard, never saw this one coming. I know, right? Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthe kisses Utena and offers her eternity. Uh, Utena's like, I don't want to be your master. Can't I just be your friend? Utena says, let's get the fuck out of here. Akio is big mad. They're at the dueling platform now because magic plot reasons. Akio tries to suffocate Utena with roses. Toga rescues Utena and tell her, tells her she has to move on, which is what Alice was referring to when yeah. uh, she said that Toga says, like, you have to let me go so you can move on, just like Anthe has to let Akio go so she can move on. Right. Um... Utena wakes up. No. Uh, yeah, Utena wakes up and she and Anthea are both crying. Because uh, I guess she was like passed out because she was suffocating because she had roses everywhere. Um, Akio tries to get Anthea to stop leaving, but she says she's leaving with her GF. He says Otori will always follow her and the end of the world will always be with her. Uh, Akio bursts into roses because Anthe tells him to be gone. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, the scene from the new season finale or the newest season finale of Steven Universe where uh, Pink Steven says, she's gone! Yes, yes. Like that is the energy <laughs> I got from Anthe telling him to be gone. Yeah, yeah. Um... Everything starts to crumble because they're trying to leave. And uh, there is a shot of, quote, Akio's, air quotes I'm doing right now, planetarium. And there's like, there's, I have written there's a narration about stars going. There's the implication that there's like someone talking in this planetarium, but we're seeing it from the outside. And um, we're like in the audience listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, inside the planetarium, Utena and Anthe are sitting together and they're in normal clothes and they're laying their heads together. And Utena is like asleep and I'm crying a little bit. Aww. And uh, Utena wakes up crying and they take each other's hands and they go outside and it's beautiful. And I did not, I was like, I was so shocked when this happened. Like when they, like when I flip the page and you see them sitting together in like normal clothes, yeah. that was like, I felt like my brain explode in that moment because <laughs> of all the things that I expected to happen when they left, that is not it. Because let's because they're not really leaving at that point. It it is a it is a somewhere between a dream and a like a sort of trauma dream and a memory. Yeah. Of like where like which which is when you go back and think of it in terms of like this is like a trauma dream. It the whole thing makes sense. Like it's why the movie it's why the manga begins to break down. Like where like why people just end up places. Because it's a yeah. dream. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so we do think that it was a dream, like all that it was that everything that we just read up until that point was in Utena's dreams. Are we like it's accepting that? It certainly seems to be implying that. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of wondering uh, how you guys felt about that because I was like, wait, so it was a dream the whole time? But I also am not sure if I feel like it's that straightforward. But it is mm. the manga, and the manga usually is a little more straightforward than the anime. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I can see it both ways. I, I, I do think it's implying that, and maybe that is what she was going for. But it could also be like they're, they're in the outside world moment after they've left Otori, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of this as like the it's it's the moment in the movie where they're like naked on the like bones of the car and they're just like going towards the outside world like they're transitioning from being at otori to being in the outside world and then when they get up and they open the door that's them actually successfully getting out Okay, question. Do you yes. guys like this ending for the movie story, or do you like the movie's ending for the movie story? That's a tough one. I think I might prefer this ending a little bit more. This Where one, in the, they wake up in the planetarium. This one makes my Actually, heart happy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the planetarium because either, either she is sort of a, having a dreaming recollection, or she is having a moment where her kind of basically it just triggered a lot of her emotions in either way it's more grounded but it also feels more there's something really satisfying about the fact that Uta really hasn't completely moved on we get to see her after the revolution in a very real sense and that's kind of cool yeah and like it's cool to see that the movie's imagery is so abstract and strange and dreamlike that i feel like the contrast of that with an ending of them just literally in the regular modern day world in completely normal planes clothes like being happy together is so much more powerful than them having like this vaguely pandering naked kiss on a car do you do you kind of know what I'm talking about? No, I I I exactly get what yeah. you mean. I think it's like this is another one of those instances where like you can kind of hold this up as representative of the differences in the way that Saito and Ikahara tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz like Ikahara is all about like the flash, the metaphor, the imagery yeah. and Saito is much more grounded, and I actually like it this time, other than uh, certain parts of the manga where it's more grounded, such yeah, as right. the prelude chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. that Saito just, just like, really is not afraid to be really blunt about the parallel with Akio and Anthe and her and Toga and how. The idea of moving on that the sort of quote-unquote power revolution of the world really looks like being able to overcome trauma either that like like just like trauma in your past and they're both about that but like 
Saito gains something in being just blunt about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love the Utena movie, but it is so obtuse and hard to follow that I think any kind of slightly more grounded take on it would be necessarily be a little bit of an improvement. Okay, I've been trying to, like, mull over a metaphor in my my mind because, like, the, like, comparison of the two endings was making me think of something, and I think I figured out what it was. It's kind of like the difference between porn that is made by men based on what they think that women will like and then Saito's ending is more like romance novels that women actually find enticing yes how is that like the weirdest thing you could have said and also so true (laughs) I mean it's it really like that's what's going on is like Ikahara is trying to do something like and I think that he's doing what he wants to do but I also think he's doing something that he thinks is like the way to appeal to the target audience maybe and but Saito like really knows what women want (laughs) yeah what women want is to see girls in comfortable clothing walking outside together yeah and having a happy ending right whereas ikahara's ending kind of like is only the implication of a happy ending because Ikuhara, we don't really know what happens next he would rather focus on the fan service yeah, yeah. well okay to give him a little bit of credit here <laughs> i think there's something to be said for the idea that and that ikuhara is not going to show you what happens after the revolution because whatever happens afterward cannot look anything like what has come before. I kind of imagine it like, uh, oh, what's that movie about the guy who sleeps with his, like, teacher neighbor? Um, Were you talking about The Graduate? The Graduate! Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was The Graduate. It's not his teacher. It's his girlfriend's mom. I knew it was like. Yeah. Is that the one where it's like Miss So and So? Are you trying to seduce me? Yes. Yes. That's okay. what that's from. Yeah. Like, uh, I was trying to remember, and I knew that he, like she was in some sort of like. It, it was more compromising than just like a dude, uh, being attracted to an older woman, and I yeah, can't remember like, what the connection was. Yeah, it was Dustin. I think Dustin Hoffman's like yes. big breakout role. Yes, the graduate. Yes, it's the graduate. Yeah. That's what I imagine happens at the end of uh, Ikohara's movie is that they kind of look at each other like, oh shit. What did we do? Um, whereas like Saito's manga has like very clearly like, no, like they're together and like we don't see what happens after they leave either. But like it feels a little more secure, I guess, because I don't know, like. There's something, there's something so, like, quiet and intimate about the way that the manga ends and the way that they leave, like, just them getting up and walking out the door. Yeah, and pla- so much. planetariums themselves are kind of intimate in a weird way, because you're sitting in the dark next to somebody. Yeah. Looking up and- at the stars, and it's, it's like, like, quiet. 
Yeah, it's like yeah. when you go to the movies and then uh, you've been sitting in the dark for two hours and then you go outside and it's still light outside and you're like, and oh, it shit. feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I loved this manga. I was, uh, I didn't know what to expect because all I had heard was that it is very different from the movie, but I was very pleasantly surprised by this ending. It it's kind of good. ironic that, like, it, they're Saito and Ikihara reversed, and the the whole, like, in the show, it, they're more obviously together, but this time in the manga, you actually get to see them together, yeah. and they're obviously together. Yeah, actually, um, that kind of makes for a good segue into the next thing that I wanted to bring up, because uh, long-time original... Imagine me and Yuchna fan at Shockeye Pierce on Twitter is a big fan of the movie manga, but uh, declined my offer to come on as our guest for the episode. But she did send me a very long message of her thoughts on the manga, and I'm going to read it. And a lot of this kind of retreads some of the uh, stuff that we've already said, but. Uh... I love that part too, Ghost Sex. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> okay, so um, at Shockeye Pierce has sent me uh, her thoughts on the movie manga, and Alice and I are going to go back and forth uh, reading different sections of it so that we can get through all of it, and you guys don't just have to listen to me all say everything. Uh, so I will start and I'm going to go up to where it says part two because all of that's uh, not super long. And then the next part, there's like uh, some pretty big chunks. Um, I see the primary storylines for the adolescence of Utena's story is this. Utena understanding the loss of Toga, parentheses her past, and connecting and escaping with Anthe, parentheses her future. The manga inverts the prominence of relationship storylines. Unlike the movie, Utena's loss of Toga is given even more time and the weight eh, and weight to the point where it's the primary storyline. In part one, uh, I like that Saito shifted the characterizations of the supporting cast to reflect the anime, Sayonji's need for power. Although uh, unlike the anime, he is not under the impression that he is in love with Anthe, Mickey looking for purity, Jury essentially where she is in episode 7 in the series but frozen in time, uh, negation like what Alice said, which is I'm sure something that was on this podcast that I don't remember because as soon as we finish I dump everything from my brain like an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like something I would say. Actually, I, I know I know what she's referring to. What does that mean? Um, Remind me. Yeah. If if I remember correctly, and I hope that she she tells me if I'm not. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Jury's whole thing is, I I kind of compare Jury to the Hegelian dialectic of the self, which is long story short, we need other people to know who we are. Okay. But, other but relying on other people to know who we are is awful and a terrible experience because now we're beholden to them in a way that we do not like and so that other person is not just the person telling us who we are they're also the negation of who we are because they're not us and she has that kind of thing with um both utsuna and with um shiori where like they are the not jury 
in two different ways, but they are still kind of her negation. Speaking um, of Shiori, uh, somebody that was pretty prominent in the movie doesn't show up at all in this manga. Mm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, it, it, I am, if there were more room. Yeah, I am with Alice when it comes to Shiori. I do not understand why people like her. I find her pretty despicable. Or at least my, for my recollection of, of when I kept listening to the podcast after I was on it last time and caught up, I remember Alice being very confused about why people like Shiori, and I am in that camp. I really don't like her at all. I think she's a terrible person. Like, it's one of those interesting character bad person situations. Um, I've softened a little bit okay. on Shiori, mostly in the sense that I don't necessarily like her, but I understand where she's coming from a lot more than I did. But that doesn't mean I like her. If I actually like her a little less after that, but I do get her. I don't find her even the least bit, least bit charismatic at all. Like, there are some no. bad characters. There are some bad people in Utena where I can still be be like, oh, he's interesting. Like, Sayonji and how, like, he's plausibly closeted homosexual who's, like, very angry and stunted about it. Yeah, I, like you know, Shiori. There's like nothing there for me with Shiori. Like, I I will say this. I have my reaction to Shiori is probably also sort of the when you encounter too many people who remind you of her, then you begin to lose the appeal of Shiori as a character. Yeah, you know that's valid because I can think of at least like two or three people I've known in the past yeah. who are people like that, and it's like, mm, you are Just like a you little bit of a sociopath, of, and I don't want to talk you, to you. <laughs> You can kind of lose the appeal of archetypes when you know too many people who are that archetype. Yeah, yeah. But moving on that's to a, part that's two. That's a pretty, uh, before we continue, that's a pretty common oh. thing that I hear from people who absolutely do not like Shiori is that she just reminds them too much of people that they have known before. Also, I am also very confused as to why I like Shiori, so I'm kind of in the same boat. Just okay. on, I'm on the opposite side of the boat. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and, listen, I can't complain. I, I like Toga, so. Yeah, like, if it weren't longer, exploring that could have been a side thing, because you could actually do the same parallels. But um, part two, Karin helpfully begins with ghost sex. <laughs> just There's says no ghost sex. Just said that. Literally just a ghost sex. If you're curious, it's also I I laughed out loud um, when I saw that when I was reading this earlier. Just like just ghost sex because I had just gotten past that where I was reading because I actually read this for the first time this the manga for the first time this morning, and uh, I had just gotten past the ghost sex part. And it's like oh buddy, we are gonna talk about the ghost sex. So there's no cars in this version, which makes sense given Saito's more grounded approach. Hmm. Plus, it's a metaphor that wouldn't really work on the page. True. Although I think there was a missed opportunity to make another video game adapting the movie and having the last act be a sick racing level. Please. Which, you're right. Please. That should, be, that should happen. Universe, Why it makes give more this s- to me. <laughs> and now she has up for us a list. Why it makes more sense to shift focus on Utena's emotional relationship from Anthe to Toga. A. Given the context of how the manga industry worked and having so much supervision, it makes sense to explicitly show more intimacy with Toka, with her having more moments with Anthony, even if it's on the same level as the movie it's adapted. At the very least, I took away from way it was a romantic attraction between Uta and Anthony, 
which must have been hard to get in a way get get out there in a way that the editors would approve of. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that like I mean. Yeah. The, when now when when was this manga done? Do you know? Um, I'm gonna look that up real quick. I'm gonna because guess it, it was would, published around the same time as the movie. Because when that when that manga comes out might actually change how I do this. Um, because like I mean. Yuri has existed in manga and animes for a long time, but like there is a a change in how you can do it in more mainstream productions, um, especially as you hit like the aughts. Because once you hit the aughts, like everything changes. Um, and if anyone's curious about that, um, Zaria on youtube has actually done some work on i think pedantic romantic too the two of them have done some work on like um basically the history of yuri and it is fascinating it really really is my favorite part being that they go out of their way to say hey by the way the perception of this as being a thing that only guys like is a western thing yeah um but moving on, the quick, ro- uh, the oh. the movie came out in 1999, but I'm having a hard okay. time nailing down when the movie manga came out. Uh, it probably came out around the same time. Amazon um, has it like in the listing has it attributed to 2004, but what? I don't know if that's true. I wonder if that um, was like the republication, but it was in a magazine might, or something before that. That's probably the republication. That, yeah, but like, that's probably the, when it was released in volumes rather than when it was or when it was released as a volume rather than when it was published in uh, the whatever magazine it was in. Yeah. Yeah. So, given the context, um, that one's a little more shaky than it was with the original manga. B. Narratively makes sense to focus on him than stay than say shifting to put another of the supporting characters in the limelight. Um, given Empty Movement's essay, Body is Guardianship, that explores how Anthony and Toga's backstory of long-term abuse and makes it sort of a two sides of the coin situation, um, expressed differently differently across um, but like the gender divide. The theme of exploring long-term abuse and the dimensions Utsuna gives to the journey isn't lost by doing this. Um, my orig- she says her original plan was to read the essay and then reread the manga so I give more of analysis because there would be so much to explore. And I agree. I think that having a bit of a corollary, corollary there would be nice. C. Saito was very clearly interested in Toga's complicated characterization from her work on the original manga. True which seemed to zigzag between more of a simplified, typical love interest in line with the genre the editors wanted and being the more complex character Saito was interested in. This manga builds on her work, her past work with him, as well as the dimensions the movie gives him, which, if you are making me read something about Toga, it better have all that, and I applaud Saito for it, despite ghost sex. I applaud Saito because (laughs) of the ghost sex. And uh, take the last bit. <laughs> I can pick up uh, this last bit. Uh, 
also have a Akio and Anthe's dynamic and their intense confrontation to the point where, if I remember correctly, the world is shattering. I wish I had time to dig my copy back up from storage. Uh, part part of the reason that uh, close enough. Part of the reason that this uh message about the movie manga is a little rushed and not as thoroughly researched is because I was a dum dum and didn't tell. Uh, Shakai Pierce that we were going to be doing this episode until this morning so she had to uh, kind of type this all up today <laughs> um, but uh, Akio and Anthe's dynamic and intense confrontation is regulated to a subplot that they have to wrap up maybe a little too quickly in the end is kind of funny to me considering how much emphasis it gets in all their other iterations also Usain going to the planetarium with Anthe which was a date idea with Toga yeah we didn't really talk about that oh, but there's yeah. a lot of talk about uh, how Anthe or uh, how Utsuna and Toga were supposed to see the stars together and uh, it's cute in a melancholic way basically this manga really got my wheels spinning big fan of the movie by the way even if admittedly the Akio part was really weak compared to the series so yeah we okay went over that. a lot of that uh, when we were just doing the plot synopsis yeah I, I I'm kind of with I'm kind of with you here Korean. Um, it did kind of get my wheels spinning too I like it I like this a lot honestly as much as I'm a fan of the whole postmodern wild Kaizo whatever that Ikihara anime inevitably becomes, I kind of like this one more on a purely narrative level. I think I do too. As a holistic work of art, the movie is kind of superior in yeah. the sense that it's doing so much. But as a story, this one is kind of better. The, the movie is like an impeccable work of art. You just sit back and watch it and you'll be entertained no matter how many times you see it. Um, yeah, definitely. The manga is more of a s story. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> the, the movie is more about like, look at this art. And the manga is more like, look at this story that I'm trying to tell. Yes. Um, and it has ghost sex. Yes, and it has ghost sex, which... <laughs> Just um, so much ghost sex. That's a plus for some people. Yeah. So if you're into that, this is the book for you. Yeah. Saito's definitely into it. Yeah. Saito it seems my... very into it. <laughs> it gets my recommendation. I, uh, I really liked uh, the point here about how... Uh, the like showing so much with toga may have also been a way to get away with what she sh what uh saito shows between utana and anthe i hadn't really considered that and i think it's really interesting just to like as a possible explanation i do think that saito probably did just want to show utana and toga actually like being together but I think that there is a point here about uh, maybe it being sort of like a, okay, we can get away. It, okay, I'm going to put this in here, but I'm going to, I, I'm going to put this Utena and Anthe stuff in here, but I'm going to distract them with heterosexuality. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that they're those, I don't think, like, it can, honestly, it's probably both. 
yeah it's probably that she wanted she wanted to do both and if that was her intent she succeeded you know you know what this reminds me of not to always make everything come back around to sailor moon but that's what that, I that's usually my uh, job so yeah <laughs> uh you do, you do you guys know how uh in sailor stars the starlights were changed to men who change into women whereas in the manga they're they're women posing as men yes okay uh, me and Jason have a theory. Jason is the owner of TuxedoUnmasked.com. Very good website. We Yeah. We have a theory that that was done to avoid, to focus on the Seiya and Usagi romance without having it be lesbians. Ooh. Um, like the main character being a lesbian as opposed to side characters. So they made Seiya a, a, into a man who turns into a woman. But... By being homophobic, they became trans positive by making him transgender. <laughs> so uh, you were being you were being homophobic and accidentally became more progressive unintentionally. <laughs> so I wonder if that's something similar here. Like, like she, she focused more on the int- intimacy with Toga, but then it's like, but Toga is a victim of sexual abuse too, and that's not something that got into the original manga or the anime so it's almost like she got to because i'm sure that was just as controversial as having them the two women get together at the end you you know what i'm saying yeah no definitely like it's it's just as kind of a taboo topic and something that you would not normally see in a shoujo manga at all so i wonder if it's like something similar in that vein like oh we'll focus more on toga and utana fine sure i'll do that for you but toga's a victim too and i'm gonna get to talk about that (laughs) all right alice has to go so uh goodbye alice i love you i'll do your plugs at the end bye alice thank you for coming on it was really good thank you i always love being here and we can definitely keep talking after alice uh has made her exit okay (laughs) godspeed Okay, but yes, I now we get to just talk about Sailor Moon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, this I, is now our Sailor Moon podcast. Yes, <laughs> ah, I Starscream. Yes, uh, have made this this a Sailor Moon podcast. Finally, it's what I've always wanted. Um, I I didn't I never really thought about the like the gender change thing in Sailor Moon and like that being getting around like making usagi gay right like lack for you know just for lack of a better way of just saying it yeah um but i think that you're right and i think that that definitely is the same thing that's going on here i wouldn't be surprised it's a red herring it's oh pay no attention to the lesbians behind the curtain yeah (laughs) exactly I yeah this oh man this manga was so good and it just like it reinforces this thing where I keep underestimating Saito for some reason and then she keeps being like you fool yeah and you know if we can take a moment to just talk about the manga generally yeah since I had read it for the first time a couple months ago like so what I had heard about the manga other, so my experience was picking up the volume one and, and not finding any of the characters that I liked in it and then, like, never reading it again. Well, volume then, one unequivocally yeah. sucks. Yeah. And then what I heard about it over and over again over the years was that the way people explained it to me was 
that the anime is a subversion of fantasy and princess princess like prince princess tropes whereas the manga the people describe the manga to me as it's just a prince and princess story like there's no subversion and, and I, I was like that oh that sounds like it sucks when, but I, then started. when I read it then I read it and I don't know if I agree with that I think people and like I said that too it like yeah. if you know listeners go back to our episodes for like the first and second volume of the manga I said that too like that exact sentiment that the anime is subverting shoujo tropes whereas the manga is just kind of doing them but no it's not true it only looks like that at first and I think yeah. that anyone you who have says keep... that probably hasn't read the whole manga yeah you have to keep reading it you have to read the entire thing i don't think it's as subversive as the anime is well i don't like, think it's trying to be as subversive also, as the right, anime it's is also not trying to me also i just want to say that i really like fairy tale stories and not every fairy tale has to be subversive and if you like fairy tales you can like them, and you can read the Utena manga, even if that's what it was. So anybody who thinks that it has to be subversive, like, no. <laughs> There's this idea that, like, when yeah. you're a kid, you like fairy tale stories, but then you grow up and you like subversions of fairy tale stories because it the adult thing to do is to, like dark gritty versions of things instead of the yeah. happy pure things from childhood yeah and I think that makes sense and I I love that I mean maybe we should mention it now that we're I'm starting a podcast on Madoka Magica oh yeah uh yeah. we were gonna probably do that during the end but yeah this yeah. does tie in because so, you're gonna be doing a podcast right. about that right I think it's a natural progression to go from like a subversion of the stories you used to like when you were a kid like as you get older as you start thinking about them more yeah. But then but then like you enter into that a phase after that where it's like, okay, I like both of these things. Sometimes you, know? you think that you try sometimes you try really hard to get into subversion of fairy tale type stuff because you like you grow up and you're disillusioned with the world and you're a little mad at fairy tales for convincing you that the world is yeah. fair and good and yeah. so you kind of want to stick it to fairy tales by getting really into like the subversive fairy tales but then as you grow out of your teenage years and become an adult uh you kind of realize, no, like, it's kind of okay to like these aspirational things. Yeah. And there's a reason that fairy tales are written uh, to be a little more of an aspirational version of our world. In a general sense, a lot of fairy tales are not aspirational versions no. of our world. No. The older, more traditional ones, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but anyway, I, I just wanted to say that... The manga is better than people might have heard it is. Yeah, in the last yeah. episode, uh, when we did volume four of the manga, I was like, I'm a manga apologist now. <laughs> I am too. Well, it has that great shot at the end of Anthe in a duelist outfit. Yes. That, honestly, uh, that makes up for yeah. everything I don't yes. like about the manga. Yes. That yes. one scene is like, yes, thank you, Saito, for my life. That is my fetish. Yes, that that, that is my fetish. That's my kink, is Anthe in a prince uniform. Yes. 10 out of 10, very good. 
with her hair down. Yes. So good. Yeah. I try to imagine Saito doing the car stuff, and I just don't think that it would have worked at all. No. I don't it would not be nearly as impactful no. and it wouldn't be nearly as fun. Well, I don't even really like the car stuff in the movie. I that's like, like the, the car low- stuff. <laughs> for me, that's the low point of the movie. I mean, I kind of admire it for being so off the walls and strange, but that's always the part in the movie where it, that's the most jarring and makes me go, oh, this part now. It's almost over. <laughs> it does kind of feel like everything sort of... Somehow, even though this the car scene in the movie is like really like there's a whole lot going on it feels like the pace of the movie has like slowed to a crawl because we are like focusing so much on this one sequence it's like oh time for a 20 minute car chase that's like really nice to look at but yeah i like like it because it's so nice to look at and i also like everybody uh on the Wakaba car at the end because that's yes, hilarious. That was cute. I love it. But um yeah, it just sort of like halts the progression of everything because we have to focus so much on this one scene. And it just like there's no way that you could make that work on the page because it only barely works on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And cars are so hard to draw. God, and yeah, like, I like I can imagine. Like, I how Im- would you even do that car chase? And like, I guess you could initial D it somehow and like try to do something like that. I don't know anything about initial D, so you're gonna have to explain that joke to me. It is a manga about racing cars. Okay, from the 80s. Yeah, okay. and it has great drawings of cars. You know, okay. very skillful drawings of cars. It's like imagine shoujo battles, but they're racing cars. Oh, that sounds yeah. dope. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Um, um, so sh- I guess she could have tr- attempted something like that, but she's a shoujo artist and not... She's. I, I wouldn't say that vehicles are her strong suit. No, I think the only so, time we ever see vehicles in the like manga, like the main series manga, is like a couple of times towards the end and only like... I don't even know if we see the whole car most of the time. I can yeah. just imagine Saito looking at the movie and just being like, nope, not drawing yeah. that many cars. I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing it. that. <laughs> I <laughs> also I would, would not draw that many cars. Yeah. Because, <laughs> God, cars are so leave, hard to draw. I'll leave that to all the nerdy male animators who draw mecha and cars and and all the shit they love to draw in anime. What is and it with the, dudes and cars? I don't know. They're just... right. Right into horse the sh- girls. Right into the show, if you know what it is between dudes and cars. I'm not going to read it on air, but <laughs> I will at least appreciate that you've reached out. <laughs> um, so I had a question, guess- and then it got away oh, from sure. me. No, no, no. I just like I can't remember now. What were you going to say? <laughs> I don't remember. I was just going to ask if it's like. If we want to wrap it up, or if there's anything else, yeah. Um, did if you... you had another question, you can stop and think about it for a second. Nah, if it were important, I'd remember. Okay, <laughs> that's not true. But um, do you like? Is there anything else about the manga, the movie manga, that you liked in particular? Uh, 
I mean, did I mention the ghost sex yet? No, I don't think you did. (laughs) One thing that... Okay, so since that is my draw to this manga... Is that why you volunteered for this? uh, Maybe, maybe, potentially. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But... One thing that is not in the manga version that is in the movie is that great scene um, where they're in the elevator and there's like that pane of glass between them. Oh, and yeah. On Toga's side, it's like slowly filling up and, and Utena's like watching him drown all over again. Yeah, God, that's uh, that scene is so yes. gorgeous. I love that scene. And, you know, it's very, it's just as equally. It's fine. They, I mean, she kind of does this a similar thing. In the manga I, version, because they're like underwater at the end, and yeah. Toga's like Toga dives down to get her, and then he's like, "You have to forget about me," in order to escape, and that's there's that whole part, so they're kind of underwater. But I just love the visual of being in an elevator, and the person on the other side of the elevator, the, like it's filling up with water. That's so claustrophobic and terrifying. <laughs> That's not normally how someone describes things that they like. Well, but it's also like very sad and like yeah, like it's a very intense and impactful scene. You want to do what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Like, and I think that even if you just like drew it out like storyboard style for the comic, I don't think that it would come across the way no. that it does in the movie, which is probably why it was left out i think that she is able to that saito is able to get across that melancholy through that scene where uh basically it's the same scene uh like you said where utana like where toga and utana are underwater and he saves her they like it's getting across the same emotions but they're having to use more words because it's a manga and not a a movie yeah yeah and then the manga also does the like ghost reveal earlier whereas i think in the movie like that elevator scene is when the audience learns that he's a ghost yeah yeah Yeah. because up until that point uh like the the movie doesn't really show toga that much after their first like interaction in well it doesn't show utsuna and toga interacting much other than like the first confrontation where utsuna is like what the fuck why did you leave me yeah and and well the movie is clever because it does have that one line from miki where he's like who's toga i've never heard of that before oh shit i don't even remember if i noticed that yeah there's the only people that toga interacts with in the movie is anthe and utana and if you like watch really carefully like nobody else in the movie like acknowledges his presence i was yelling about the the ghost sex to (laughs) producer jimmy earlier and i was like well he's a ghost it's kind of a sixth sense situation yeah (laughs) which yeah i guess even more so in the movie because i i don't know that i realize that nobody else talks to toga mostly because i don't know that i pay that much attention to toga yeah i mean it's been a little while since i saw the movie but from my recollection i'm pretty sure that he doesn't actually have a conversation or in shiori because shiori's in the movie yeah so so the only people that that talk to him are shiori utana and anthe like you never see him talking to sayonji you never see him talking to jury yeah miki you know does 
does Shiori talk to anybody else? Shiori talks to Jury in yeah. one scene. Yeah. And that's it. But uh yeah. Other I get yeah, I'm I have plans to rewatch the movie again. At, like as of recording this upcoming weekend so i'm gonna look out for that uh next time that i watch it because i'm going to be showing it to a friend who has never who, who literally knows nothing about utana other than i do a podcast about it oh boy i'm uh, very good luck exci- to them i'm very excited and this is a person that doesn't really do anime like she's seen some anime and i got her to go see uh the sailor moon uh s and supers movies when they were in theaters with me and she had never seen any of sailor moon either so this is gonna be a similar experience and i'm pretty excited (laughs) but if we don't have anything else that we want to say about the movie manga we've been going for uh a while over an hour and a half now so well including the stuff that i'm going to be cutting out because i was ill prepared yeah but uh so we can wrap up if okay if we have exhausted our opinions on the manga yeah i think so i i like it and i like ghost boyfriends (laughs) too long didn't read ghost boyfriends yeah that's the summary of this episode ghost boyfriends If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utsnacast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. You, if you would like to follow Alice on Twitter, you can do that at Liarwolf, which I will not spell for you. If you would like to support Alice, you can do that via her Kofi, where she is also taking commissions for fic writing and stuff like that. And uh, Amanda, where can people find you on the internet should you wish to be found? So on Twitter, I am at lambda power so lambda like the greek letter and then power uh very good Tum- name yes on tumblr i have a sailor a blog for sailor moon which is sailor shit post also um, a very good name and a very yeah. good blog which i do follow <laughs> and then if you want to check out our new podcast about uh madoka magica that's going to be launching soon at uh madoka magic cast so that's m-a-d-o-k-a-m-a-g-i-c-a-s-t did i spell it right yes i think, I I think. okay and that's going to be on twitter and tumblr so i'm going to be producing that yes i'm very excited that's going to be it's going to be you it's going to be jason from tuxedo unmasked and it's going to be yasha from empty movement Yes. And I am delighted by the fact that you have managed to get the most magical girl person I can think of and the least magical girl person I can think of. <laughs> and you have brought them together for one podcast. <laughs> it should be interesting because Yasha and Gio have told me that they have tried to get into the show before and have not been able to get into it. And, you know, that is fair. A lot of people don't like the show. And, well, and Jason really has also... Into- they're not they don't really do traditional magical girl stuff yeah yeah and and jason has jason is just somebody who doesn't watch modern anime at all he'll tell you that he (laughs) isn't he just doesn't watch any anime made like after 2000 so um and and then you have me who so my loves are sailor moon utana and then like three or four is madoka magica so it's also very high on my list um so if they end up not liking it, 
we're going to talk about that. And if they like <laughs> it, we're going to talk about that too. So it should be an interesting discussion. It's not necessarily going to be like a cuddle pile. We're just going to see what happens. Well, They've Monica's never seen it before. Monica's a pretty divisive anime. It is. It is. It is. So if that's their reaction, then that's just going to be what we talk about. So I'm very interested to yeah. find out what both of them think of it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we are a Patreon-supported podcast. You can find that link pretty much anywhere that you can find us on the internet, and we greatly appreciate your support. Uh, if you want to follow us on Tumblr, that's Utina at dot tumblr.com tumblr is kind of emptier these days and it's not I have completely dead no it's not completely dead i haven't been using the utina tumblr as much mostly because i mean it, it mostly just I, I mostly just reblogged fan art anyway so there wasn't really much else going on over there yeah. but if you do want to see utina fan art there is a lot on there and i should fill up my queue sometime uh if you want to come on the show or tell us your thoughts about this episode or anything else that we have said or done or if you want to cancel me you can email us <laughs> at imagineandutina at gmail.com and I think that that is all of our things and if I forgot something oh well it's in other episodes you guys have probably heard this I would be shocked if this was someone's first episode but yeah. if you need to hear all the plugs We've got many other episodes where you can find those. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye.